Hi, I'm Drew. My pronouns are he, him, his. I am a general pediatrician in Tucson, Arizona with a large transgender medicine practice. And I'm Lizette. My pronouns are she, her, her. I'm a small business owner, advocate, and the mother of a 13-year-old transgender child. And this is season two of... I Stand By You. With Lizette. And Drew. Together, we talk about allyship. And this season, because we're all feeling very isolated, we're going to focus a little more on community, building community. And showing up for one another. Welcome. Welcome. just her there's also there's her whole squad is freaking amazing so we're so excited because we are starting our first episode or recording our first episode of season two season two i know and we were just talking about how exciting it was that well so many things have happened since we recorded the end of season one so so many things and we were Uh, just yeah. Well, I don't even know where to begin. How I don't was, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Welcome to 2021. 2021. We're still in a pandemic. People still need to wear masks. Yes. Yes. Did you keep your receipt on 2021 in case it doesn't work out so well so we can return it? I just have set the expectation really low. <laughs> yeah. After 2020, I think that's pretty easy to do. Yeah. Um, yes. And, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I have to say one thing, although, you know, the world is, so we're recording this on Saturday, January the 9th. Yes. So by the time you hear this, who knows what else will have happened. Um, but you know, something that kind of made me happy today, I was listening to one of the podcasts I listened to, Pod Save America, or maybe it was Pod Save the World or something. And they were talking about how in the midst of all the horrible stuff going on, we can't lose sight of the fact that Raphael Warnock and Joel Ossoff were elected to the Senate. No, it's so uh, exciting. And And even if it wasn't giving a majority or a lot of other things, as individual people getting elected to an office, they are so remarkable. Um, I love the fact that there's going to be a Christian pro-LGBT minister in the Senate. I'm excited about that, too. Like, I'm really, there's going to be an example, both him and Pete Buttigieg, able to talk positively in religious terms about LGBT stuff. Um, and I think that's really kind of exciting because we have not gotten to see that um, really uh, in ever. Yeah. And I think that it was really beautiful in that, you know, we had we lot we we experienced the loss of John Lewis. Um, but we see these two new Senate members in Georgia that are holding the same values of being an ally to LGBTQIA people, um, pushing for black liberation and equality, trying to get rid of voter suppression, all the things, right? Um, And so it's really exciting. I know we talked about focusing on community and I was so kind of in awe with the work that Stacey Abrams did with Fair Fight. Yes. That what I decided to do 
because we are, we're still social distancing and isolating as much as we can, was that I decided that to do my part, I was going to give monthly to Fair Fight and also to Mi Gente, which is another voting organization that ha- that showed a lot of success and impact both in Georgia and in Arizona. And so I was like, I'm going to help, even if it's just a little, to, to give monthly to both yeah. of those orgs. And I think that's, I, I think what I found, because I've heard both Stacey Abrams and um, Use, I do not remember her last name, I've only heard it a couple of times, talking about a huge part of what they did in politics there was building community. Yeah. Um, and letting people know that they were part of something. They're not, it's not that we're against something. It's not that we're stopping something. It's that we are a part of something that is positive and we can, can keep spinning to that because it's a right thing. Right. Um, and I think it's really important because I, I don't know, I'm feeling as we go into what one year of this whole pandemic, very, I feel very isolated from other people. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to doing, I think I'm going to end up doing a lot more stuff with communities <laughs> when I'm done with it. Well, Maybe that, I think let's make that, that our New Year's resolution. I know. <laughs> I think it's interesting because I hit a wall like a month, a, two months ago, where like I had done really well for most of the pandemic. Like my inner introvert was thriving. Mm-hmm. And then there was one weekend where I just wanted to climb on the walls. And I was like, I hate that I can't hug people and see people. And so yeah. I think the silver lining of all of this is that we we know we've seen firsthand what happens when people don't vote. You right. know, where before the myth was like, does do votes really matter? I think we've seen firsthand what happens when people don't vote. And we've seen the amazing things that happen when people do vote and are empowered and educated on why voting matters. And I yeah. think that because we've been so isolated, community has become a topic that comes up a lot more often than it used to. Yes. Yes. And I think that's one of the things, I mean, and I think despite the fact that I don't have sort of a physical community is I do feel like I, like there is still a community that I've been lucky to be a part of before all of this that I'm still a part of. Yeah. Um, And that's been great. And it's been awesome. Like, I mean, and doing things with friends that I might not have, you know, done before as much. Um, And I mean, like we were, t- um, like I did uh, a training with AJ, the pro- program manager at Saga, and I'd never done a training with them before, um, and that was really cool. Like getting to work with someone who I was so excited to learn more about. So that was a shout out. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I love AJ. I adore them. Um, and like, not only that too, but I think it's been really kind of cool to see people create community through technology. Yes. Um, where in the beginning, I think a lot of us were getting like Zoom burnout and like really, but like people are really being creative with the different ways in which we connect um, yeah. via technology. I had Christmas over house party. I never thought that would be the day, but I mean, we did and it was fun. And, or we've done like viewing parties and it's been, it's been cool to see 
like tech companies also come up with different ways to keep people connected. Um, and we may never go back to a, a certain type of normal, right? Like right. we may get used to the technologies that exist um, and have helped us get through the pandemic. I'm, I'm curious yeah. to see what happens. When no, I think it's, it's kind of exciting. Yeah. It really is. Like, although I am still waiting for holograms. I would like to have a hologram party with my friends. <laughs> so some of those tech wizards out there need to work on that. We have a hologram party. A hologram party would be really cool. It would be like real life Sims. Yeah. Yeah. And on the other hand, there are things with the pandemic. I can tell you I'm never doing again. Blowing out candles on a cake. Never going to happen again. Yeah. I didn't even miss that. I had never thought about it until... <laughs> Until all of this. And now I'm like, we really did that. Like, I heard my kid blow out candles on a cake where spit was flying everywhere and we still ate it. I know. When when they broke it down for me like that, I was like, that's really gross. Yeah, no, we shouldn't do candles ever again. (laughs) But I hadn't questioned it. Oh, we're going to need some sort of new tradition there, I think. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait for the days when my hands aren't as cracked and dry yeah, as they are. Maybe yeah, somebody I, needs to invent, like, an antibacterial I, lotion. I was just going to say that. I was like, where are these inventors? Hey, yeah. inventors out there, get us a nice moisturizing antibacterial thing. Yeah, because my hands hurt. <laughs> <laughs> They're so cracked. And, oh, but you know what I do love? Mask fashion. You do love a good mask. I probably have a good hundred masks. I have so many as well, but I've been getting neutral colors like black, gray. Oh, so I recently, my favorite new mask is I have a bright pink um, that has he, him, his on it. I Um, need to get one of the pronoun masks. I love those masks. And they're made in Phoenix, right? Somebody yes. yep. in state. Yep. In state and in the community. Um, and that was, re- I love that. And I also love the fact that you can do, it's not like, we only have blue, he, him, his masks. No, it's no. like, I got a bright pink one because I want people to look at it and think to themselves that colors don't have a gender. That's right. It, I didn't just give away a secret, did I? <laughs> I think you did. You're going to make someone's <laughs> mind explode. Whoa. Colors don't have a gender. Uh, <laughs> what are of some course. other, like, silver linings that you feel now that we're a year out? Almost. February, March 13th tends to be the day that everyone kind of talks about lockdown. Um, okay. What are, what are some other silver linings that you can, like, um, take from all of this? I think, um, you know what? I think for a lot of us, and for I know this feels this way for me, I have a lot less time that I feel guilty when I'm doing nothing. Um, Because there's this whole, and I think it's a very, I don't know, I wonder if it's, I, I think it's a very American thing that you're always supposed to be achieving something and doing something. And this has kind of forced me to not do stuff. 
um, and just hang sometimes. Although, quite frankly, I haven't been quarantined. Like, I've still been going to work. You've still been going to work. Yeah. Um, and so it's really more just like my weekends, which I'm not sure I'm doing anything that different, but I just don't feel guilty about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, for us, it's been like... You know, it's really interesting. Daniel's grades are really well. He's he's thriving in remote learning. Uh-huh. Um, but that was the one thing I told him, like, there's no pressure. Like, we're on, yeah. you're online for hours and hours and hours. And I do your best. Yeah. We're going to have, if we have to call this a wash, we will. Um, yeah. But. There is nothing you're going to learn this year that you won't learn another time in your life. Yeah. And I just, I've been trying, for me personally, I've been trying to be more forgiving about all the snacking we did the first, like, seven months of the pandemic, because mm-hmm. nothing fits. And so I've been trying to be forgiving with myself, because we did eat a lot of, there were just nights where, Jose and I were talking about that the other day, we were, because we were watching CNN the night, the night of the um, attack on the Capitol, Mm-hmm. And we did what we would do when we were watching the news nonstop is heat up popcorn and just like by the handfuls, right? Like stress eat in oh. front of the news. So Yeah, I have convinced myself that Richard is washing my scrubs in really hot water and they are <laughs> shrinking because of that. And... um that's what I think is going on. I don't think we're all getting fluffier. I think we are washing our clothes in hot water to kill viruses. I, maybe, yes. Uh, that's what I'll tell myself. <laughs> but Jose was like, we finished a whole box of popcorn. Um, was it so, delicious? <laughs> yeah, no, it was gone. Stress eating yeah. popcorn all uh, the time. Yeah, yeah. I've done a lot more cooking, but my cooking tends to be high-carb things. Yeah. Um, I think that once we're back in a situation of going back to school, my son actually is going to, for the first time in his life, be like, please let me go to school. Please (laughs) let me go to school. And I'm actually seeing a lot of my patients, it's the same thing. They're like, I used to hate going to school, and I just want to be in that classroom again. (laughs) the other day someone was like is anyone arguing with your kids to put on pants while they're in remote learning and I was like oh I haven't even told Daniel like because I know he puts a blanket on like he he's dressed from the top up and in his bed and like has like a blanket on and I never thought about the importance of maybe asking him to put pants on I mean pants come on eventually at lunchtime but I guess I hadn't thought about it now, mine's been doing a lot of um, bathrobes, and so we started saying, like, maybe put something on in your top half. <laughs> you look dressed. Because I thought a bathrobe in pajamas just wasn't right. Just super chic. I'm so old-fashioned, <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> and I have to say, I never went through the whole thing that a lot of people do where they're like, you know, I you know, put on a nice shirt, but I still had shorts on and stuff like that. I decided that it's it's the pandemic. I can wear whatever I want on any type of Zoom call that I'm on. I like that. I've done yeah. soft pants, nice shirt. Okay. I You know what? I think fashion is going to become much more casual. Oh, my gosh. I'm, like, so excited that athleisure wear is, like, having its moment. 
the thing now. Well, you know what I discovered during all of this was caftans. Yeah. And you can have a caftan. I have got, and I've got, I will admit, I have three caftans. A summer, a winter, and a more formal. Although it does have avocados with smiles on it. So I don't know how formal (laughs) that is. It's just, I guess that it has sleeves. So that makes it formal. I like that. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think caftans are another silver lining of all of this. <laughs> I agree. I like you and your caftan. I've told you I can't do a caftan because of thigh rub. So I always wear pants. Some sort of a pant. Huh. But. Wow. That's just me. I, I don't want to think of life without, without caftans. That's <laughs> why I don't wear dresses a lot of the time. I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna be a golden girl, I guess. I love uh, it. <laughs> oh, what are you looking forward to this season of our podcast? I really got excited when you because you know last season we talked a lot and would ask people about allyship, like what would what are like three things, and I got really excited when you said we should talk about community building and really bump it up the next level of like what does community building look like especially right now when we're isolated what are different ways that we're being proactive um because it's so easy to feel in a pandemic that things are because the reality is is that a lot of things like whether we get sick or not are out of our control right we can try to be as careful as possible we can wait until vaccines i haven't seen family in a really long like months and months um, so there are ways that we're trying to control our environment, and right. um, but that but still having that feeling of not being in control. Yeah. And um, I think this idea about like what are things we can do and participate, ways we can participate while being in a pandemic, right, um, is exciting for me to explore. I'm excited to hear what other people are doing. Yes, and I like, and we have. We, we have a bunch of people we want to talk to this year. I wish we could say some of them, but we haven't asked them yet, so yeah. we probably... We have to wait until they <laughs> confirm. Unless we say it and we force them. We're like, we already name-dropped you. You're already booked. You <laughs> um, don't know it. So, yeah, I mean, when Stacey Abrams is on the show, we're going to have to ask <gasps> would, her a lot. Oh, wait a My heart would faint. I'd in case she's listening, she can, she can get in touch with us. <laughs> anytime. Anytime, Miss Abrams. <laughs> Ah, I'm so happy she's having a moment. Yes. I'm so happy she's having a moment. Like, yes, like we need to celebrate her. I'm also super, you and I are big Dolly fans. Yep. I'm glad Dolly Parton's having a moment. I'm I'm so happy she's having a moment. And that people realize she's not, she is, there is a character of Dolly Parton that she performs. Yeah. And there is a person of Dolly Parton where, I mean, her, the stuff we're finding out more and more, I mean, her involvement with a COVID vaccine and her work on literacy and her work on education among poor people in the Appalachians. And And her support of LGBTQIA people. Oh, yeah. You know, like she doesn't toe a line. Like she's very open that she's supportive. And like, I value that. So much. Yeah. Um, yep. Early on in the pandemic, I made Jose watch 9 to 5. He'd never seen it. 
And I was like, you need to watch this movie. It's so funny. It's so good. Has it aged well? I'm sorry? Has it aged well? I mean, it's it's a movie from, you know, the 80s. Okay. Because we watched... Okay, uh, uh, truth be told, we have watched um, Steel Magnolias a couple of times during the pandemic. Because it's one of our go-to feel-good movies. Um... Although, of course, we wish Shelby had some juice. I uh, wanted Shelby to have juice, too. I want Shelby to have juice. Um, but that has aged really well. Like, I feel like it still is very contemporary with what it talks about and, and what's happening. I I would have to rewatch it. It was, like, super early on in the pandemic when we watched it. And we giggled. And I was like, you know, um, it's interesting to see how not so long ago it was so different i think for women um but i mean it's always interesting like there's times where daniel's like i i want to see this 80s movie and i have to be like just so you know i don't know if it's aged well um it's kind of funny that we have to preface movies that way yeah yeah well and um i mean we've talked about too how he notices like why are these people all white yeah, he does. <laughs> Which is a great question. And I got to say, it is something that is, in this day and age, it more and more is bothering me to see, especially black women sidekicks, like, give them the lead. Yeah. Just give them the lead. And I think actually, um, oh, the Shonda Rhimes series, Bridgerton. Yeah. Did you see it? Oh, the way, and I actually was a little let down that she made the race thing explicit because I wanted to just be like, um, no, I'm just making it this way. <laughs> yeah. And I am not going to explain myself to you people because I felt a little bit of that like, oh, darn, it's getting explained to us. And I don't want that. I just want to live in this beautiful existence here. And by beautiful, I don't necessarily just mean the Duke. Yeah, I was forced to watch this because I was like, nah, am I going to watch it? No, I'm not going to watch it. And then I watched it and then I was like hooked. And I think I finished it in a day. Yeah, we watched it very, very, very quickly. <laughs> I was like, and it's over. Yeah, but it'll be back. I and, apparently, so. and it's books also. So maybe I'll, oh, who am I kidding? I haven't read stuff in a while. Audible. Oh, that's a good idea. But then when I listen to my podcast, I'm listening to books. You got to, like, trade them out. Like, take I need a longer commute. I need to, like, drive the long way around. <laughs> I don't even... It's so interesting. Like, um, there's another book that's going to get adapted for a show um, called... <gasps> Why can't I remember it? We'll have to talk about it in the next episode because I just forgot about it. All right. But um, it's set yeah. in, in Mexico, and the, it was like really good. But I forget what it's called. So oh, never mind. I feel like I know what you're talking about. I know that the last word is gothic, and I don't know why I can't remember the name. Is it just Mexican gothic? Is that what it is? I, I think it is because oh, I just heard an interview about that book, and it's going to be on Hulu. Um, yeah, and I was like, I didn't know they were going to make that into something. Now I, because I really want to read it because it sounds fascinating. 
Yeah, that was one of my books this summer. Pandemic okay. Summer. Pandemic Summer reading. Yeah, it was on my Pandemic Summer reading list. <laughs> I like that our first episode of season two is really lighthearted, considering how heavy this week has been. Do we want to talk about that, or do we keep it light and short? And, you know... No, get you know what? I, there, the thing I... So... Yeah, no, I think we should talk about it. Okay. Yeah. So, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? You go first. Okay, so I'm going to tell you. When I was watching the stuff of the Capitol, it really brought to mind for me how much I believe in the promise of this country. Yeah. And even, and, and I had read a, an obituary of um, a young man, a congressman's son, um, who had um, died from the effects of depression, um, who he wrote about, or he talked about how he wanted to make the world a place where the things that we say are true actually are true. Yeah. And I'm sitting there watching this stuff in the Capitol, and I'm thinking, I believe in the promise of this country, and I am so angry at these people basically mocking everything this country is supposed to be about, and yet saying that people who believe the way I do are making a mockery out of the country. They were selling the podium on eBay. I mean, they were selling that podium on eBay? Yeah. I mean, it was... I was, like, blown away and then at the same time just, like, of course, this is happening. You know? Yeah, well, um, yeah. <laughs> and I had woken... I was so excited. I was like, we have taken the Senate. We may be closer to the Equality Act mm-hmm. in doing that. Um and in in no way during this elect i think this election solidified that i can't be a passive citizen in yeah. the ways that i've done it before like when obama won i was like yay progress we never have to b- worry again um i think Remember that those days. <laughs> yeah those days of like progress is linear and yeah. we'll just keep seeing progress um I, you know, Biden's, um, Biden winning, uh, I, I kept saying, this is the reminder that for the next four years, we have to prepare for the next four years. Um, and so I think watching what I saw on, I I guess it was Wednesday. I was like, yeah, this is a reminder that we have so much work to do so much, so much work to do. But but at the same time, I think the silver lining of that is that people got to see firsthand white supremacy in action um, in the sense that you get to see how police behave um, when they don't feel afraid of the people who are barging in um, or attacking. Um, it, It was like very stark and I think it was really in your face. And I think it opened 
some people's eyes who maybe was who maybe were like that doesn't I've never really seen what you're saying and so I don't know if it's true I think we sort of all collectively experienced it together yeah in a and really I think interesting way it's it's been shocking to me how hollow um like people in some of the um regressive side of the media has been trying to do parallels between well this is just what happened in portland also mm. uh, but it's not right it's not what happened in portland um i mean just from we talked to i mean when we interviewed joy last year yeah um it is not the same um it's different in that you know, we saw the police, you know, there was no tear gas even. They had time to poop and rub it on walls. Yeah. So clearly yeah. there wasn't. <laughs> there and was... when they walked out, so the ultimate of the, what's it called? The kettlebell where, cowbell, cowbell, where the police make it so you have to walk out of a certain area so they can bust you. Yeah. They had that. There was doors. Um, and they didn't arrest them. You know, this is the thing that I was like venting about in therapy the other day was I was like, they had time to build a gallows, like a gallows yeah. area. Yeah. And like if the, it were like a little brown girl selling juice on the corner, somebody would have walked up to her and asked her for a permit. And I'm mm -hmm. like, where were those people that w saw somebody with a bunch of plywood? Because it was a large setup. <laughs> like. Yeah. Where were the people that were curious about permits, um, whether they had the right to be setting up in the mall area? Um, I, um, I don't think you're allowed to have that gallows here. <laughs> I just want to know, Where do you have a permit? permit? <laughs> or like the thing that got me too was um, at the state capitol here in Arizona, somebody took a guillotine. Yep. And I was like, somebody had to drive down the 10 with a guillotine in the back of their car. And like, did no one question, like, why would you need a guillotine? Like, that's, um, I don't know what century it was, a 17th century uh, murder device. Like, why would you, that, like, this is somebody's neighbor who was probably like building it in their suburban garage and was like, I'm going to build a guillotine. Like, that's worrisome. And why was nobody questioning the fact that they were driving around with a guillotine in the back of their car? Like, hey, Bob. Hey, Bob, what you building in your backyard yeah, there? Yeah, I feel kind of nervous about that sharp object you have. Is, there a, is that a treehouse? Because it looks like <laughs> I'm going to cut someone. Oh, no, it's not a treehouse. It's a guillotine. Yeah. Oh, a guillotine. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, where? That. Yeah, but yet, like, people are really concerned about little kids selling candy or yeah. juice or, you know, hot dogs. They want permits. Yep. They want to make sure it's all safe and good. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it was just, it, it, yeah. My mind exploded in those ways where I was like, come on, common sense, people. Like, why, why are you not, I'm worried. I'm worried about whoever that person's neighbor is. Like, I'm worried. I think that person's a like a, a threat to community, that they're building like crazy weaponry out of their home. That to me is worrisome. That's real. I had not even thought about that because it is. There are all of the people who are there have, you know, relatives and friends and next door neighbors and coworkers um, 
who I'm sure they mentioned it to. If my husband was like, hey, I'm going to go work on that guillotine I'm building in the garage, I would be like, <laughs> who am I married to? <laughs> Do you want a 7-Up or some lemonade? Yeah, like, why are you not building a bench? Like, I mean, I'm, conf- I'm concerned. I'm a concerned citizen. Um, do we do we have the budget this month to build a guillotine? Yeah, I don't just think we do. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. Where are you gonna? Yeah, I, where do you even get like something sharp enough in that shape? I mean, no. and it was really they were so like like to use the word they were so blasé standing around their guillotine <laughs> as it's just kind of hanging out on the state capitol lawn, and I was like, this is bizarre. It's really weird that people aren't worried about this, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And the thing with, okay. So whenever I hear about guillotines, I automatically, or guillotines, I'm going to, no, I'm going to call it a guillotine. (laughs) (laughs) Is I always think of the whole like Marie Antoinette off with their head, let them eat cake stuff. Yeah. But this is now you're working for the upper class to cut off the heads of the non-upper class people. That that's just not a good that's not a good plan. No. No. Oh. They oh. drank the water for sure. And I have to say I have been at a lot of protests and things like that um over the last couple of years and I do not believe that that imagery, either a noose or a guillotine, would have been acceptable. Absolutely not. Um, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I did see someone today who, I don't know, they're talking about something and they were like, I've never seen, you know, um, I've never seen anything gay wanting to incite violence. And I was like, hi, my name's Drew. Um, we get, we can be willing to have violence many times, um, but it's just, it's a different, it's not this sort of incitement. No. Uh, I mean, I remember friends being like, you know what we need to do? We, there needs to be, you know, someone who is ignoring the AIDS epidemic who gets it and dies. Um, and that will be something that will make a difference. Um, it wasn't, we need to go and hang these people because we know what's right for America. Right. Oh. Or even the guy with like the zip ties. Oh, that was freaky. And there was more than one of them. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. why do you need zip ties? Maybe. I mean, I get that there's a practical reason, but like. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not building, if you're not a contractor, if you're like, why would you have zip ties? You know? Well, I used them to put a top on our chicken coop, for example. Maybe they were going to build a chicken coop. Maybe. And then, but instead of the chicken coop, someone took all their wood to build a gallows. Oh, my gosh. There you go. That's the reasoning. There's a totally, totally innocent explanation here that we weren't thinking of. If I were dating someone and they just had zip ties and maybe they worked out of, out of an office and they didn't have a chicken coop, I would be like, who are you kidnapping when I'm not around? <laughs> yeah. You must be a serial killer. I'm concerned. Yeah. 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 Oh, 
and then the guy in the crazy costume who's that, it? Thinks, that thinks he's Norse. And is unfortunately from the city east of us. He is. He is from Arizona. <laughs> I, um, one of my challenges there, and this was a challenge on a number of the Facebook pages I follow, was the fact that the tattoo around his left nipple was not centered. I, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. Now, everyone, you need to go back and look at those pictures. <laughs> the nipple is not centered. And it really, it doesn't work for me if it's not centered. Like, that's lazy tattooing. I was like, I, you know, to be, um, to be, I was really angry on Wednesday and Thursday and even Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just really angry and I think it didn't help that we had learned the week before that the DOJ was, couldn't find reason to prosecute the police who killed Tamir Rice. Right. Um, and then you just move into the next week and you're like, Really? Really? Yeah. Like, we can't... Like, when will we really, as a country, get it together? Will we see it in our lifetime? Um, it just kind of felt like something that was, like, insurmountable. Because even now, they're making excuses. Oh, yeah. For themselves and their behavior. Because there's a level to, of entitlement in, yep. in that, right? And so... Yeah. Um, it took me a couple days. Like, I just couldn't even... I had a couple meetings and I was on there, but I couldn't... Even... I think Jose said it best. It was hard to stay focused. Um, yeah. Just on the day-to-day things that we had to get done, like being at work or being in a meeting. Um, I had a friend who used the word disorienting because we're in a pandemic yeah. and things feel we already off. And then you have this event that is going to be a super spreader, unfortunately. Like, none of them were wearing masks. Um, yeah. Well, the guys with the zip ties had masks, so you couldn't recognize them. Oh, they're, fi- yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> they were, No, yeah. but it, seriously, no, it's a super spreader event. It's, I am, I, it really does, although I'm being, like, sarcastic and stuff about it now, I am so angry. Yeah, I, it took me. I have been in those buildings, and they, Although, even though I'm not religious, when I go into some large churches, I feel something. Yeah. It has history. Uh, Yeah, there's something about it that has a weight to it. And I've been in those buildings, and they have a feeling of history. And the fact that someone was, like, peeing in the corner on it is, like, you're, you're like, we're going to take it back because it's our house. Is that what you do in your house? No. 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 You don't go into your house and be in the corner. That's what I, 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 that's what I tell my 13 year old, how you treat things is, is a measure of how you're going to treat things always. Right. Like, like when he's like, I think I gave him a scolding cause he like dropped his guitar or something. And I was like, how you treat that guitar is how you treat a lot of things. Right. Like we have to, care and have value in the things that matter or the things that we use or whatever. And so uh-huh. that's not an excuse for these people. And I just think when my friend said it, it's disorienting, I just felt like that's a wonderful way to describe like all of 2020. Um, and what about the thing that's weird for me? I don't know if you felt some of this too, is it was both disorienting 
and you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Four, four years ago, people yeah. were saying, this is where we are headed. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have ended up, is exactly where they said we were headed. And, and yet it felt so disorder. like, this isn't real. This couldn't possibly be happening, but I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. And and not only that, too, but, like, that isn't patriotism. And I know that you believe that, too. You know, you would agree. That's not... Patriotism is what Reverend Warnock did. That in spite of... Yeah. You work to change the system. Yeah. And um, you give of yourself and your country. and Or what Stacey Abrams did. Right? And um, so... These people are really confused. And I just love yeah. how the shaman or whatever he is, um, when they try to distance themselves from him, he's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm one of you. <laughs> and you <laughs> no, he's not with us. Yeah, me. I am. My, my shoes are in your car. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> I am one of you. And you will not, you will not call me Antifa. So it's... I- I had always thought that our end of the political spectrum was much more theatrical in their outfits and dress at protests. So I got to give some props that there were some costumes going on. Oh, man, that was was horrible. And the screaming and the out. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I was watching the news and there was a British journalists who had gone in with his crew with them when they took over the Capitol. Uh-huh. And the description reminded me of that scene in Mean Girls. Remember when they all like start attacking each other in the lunchroom? Oh, yeah. That's what it sounded like. Because when, you know, like every animal show you go and adventure, whatever show, the guy's always British, like with a British accent and being like, and then the people, you know, the mammal ran after the whatever. And that's exactly what it sounded like, like chaos. And then this British guy giving like this description that I was like, this is insane. Insane. And Protester from Ohio is currently peeing. On the American flag in the corner. Yeah, I was like, what well, is his happening? wife poops next to him and rubs it on the wall. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's a mess. I don't, I don't understand how someone can see those things as showing respect for their country. Like, I feel like my duty, like patriotism to me is i'd love to talk to more people about this to me patriotism is i am going to make i I, it's that same i want to make that what we tell ourselves about america to be true i want us to be the place where the um huddled masses yearning to be free come right i want to be i want to be life liberty and the pursuit of happiness where all people are created equal i think yes i did edit that on purpose I do secretly feel like they wish it What I think what this time feels like, because you see it around the world, kind of it's happening around the world, um, is like these kicks of fascism, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that you're seeing like really what they want is the Confederacy. Um, yeah. Really, neo-Nazis have an agenda. Um, yeah. And it, that's all I like. I remember this old man was like yelling at people and calling them Antifa. And I was like, shouldn't we all be anti-fascist? 
And it's really uh, interesting because you and I had a really long conversation earlier on this on how language shifts and yeah. morphs. And, it, and, and if you can shorten it and you can distort it, it can take on a life of its own. But when you say, yes, we should be anti-fascist, anti-fascism, and you've just shortened it and now you believe it to be something else. I, yeah. it's, it's interesting like to hear how language can be manipulated in such a way. Um, I've started to call them profa. Yeah, I saw that and I liked it. Like, you used profa, it on one TM. of my posts and I was like, oh my gosh, that's perfect. They're pro-fascism. I love it. They are pro-fascism. They're profas. Yeah. Right. And I was if like, I'm going to use this. Tifa, are you profa in that case? And I think we should use it to our advantage yeah. um, because that's all Trump did was make you believe that Antifa was not a group of anti a group of like people who were like, no, we don't like fascism. We think he's a fascist president. Um, And we're worried, you know? So, and I don't know how you could see kids that are like literally no weapons on them as like the enemy of like these like pro Confederate Confederate or pro fa that are like armed to the nine. Yeah. Well, like, the photo of um, the young uh, woman confronting the police basically by just standing there at one of the protests in D.C. Mm-hmm. Surrounded, she's standing there, and she looks, it's one of those things where she at the same time looks so strong and so young, um, and not, and, like, is she, you know, is she frail? Is she strong? Obviously she's strong because of what she's doing. And she's surrounded by these police with riot gear and guns. Mm-hmm. Or the and, image of the woman out of Ferguson, much similar to that. Yeah, there have been, I mean, there's been women at a lot of things. And yeah. no, we're not talking about Kylie and her Diet Pepsi commercial. Right. Because uh, <laughs> that was not the same. Uh, <laughs> but, um, we think about her and then you see these people who you just look at them and there's, they're not standing up to anything. No. Um, there was, I don't know. It just, but I am, I am still hopeful. Um, did you hear, um, Raphael Warnock's speech where he talked about his mother? Yeah. Oh, the 82-year-old woman who, as a teenager, her hands picked the cotton of white people, got to vote for her son for U.S. Senate, and now he's a senator. Yeah. That's the American I'm, dream, right? Like, yeah. that was the, that we could, that we could build something better and inclusive. Yes. Yes. And that this, and that the struggle will be worth it because we will make something that is open to everyone and everyone can rise to what they want to rise to and what they can rise to. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's so amazing. I would love to hear an interview with her actually. So would I, uh, oh. I bet you that was a moment. That's a moment. Yeah. That's something to be proud of. Yeah. And I think, you know, a moment that shouldn't be overlooked that that's the real patriotism yes yeah being able to 
look things in the face and work harder and harder to make things better, not just for yourself, but for everyone. Yeah. I've been trying to live Uh, there in that space. Because sometimes I think I can, I'm, I can fall guilty to being angry and then, you know, feeling like what's it all for? Right. Yeah. No. And it's, and it, yeah. And I'm, I am trying more and more to be in that, like move towards the positive, pull people towards the positive with you. Um, come on, white guys, come on, we can do this. Or like (sighs) Gabby Gifford's article where she said, if you move, if you move together with purpose, um, you can achieve change. And I, I, I'm, I'm trying to remind myself to stay purposeful, to have um, an intention when I do advocacy. And I have to remind myself, and I know I've shared this with you too, that advocates truly, for as angry as we get described to be, are truly some of the most optimistic people because we wouldn't try to change people if we right. didn't believe it was possible. Um, yeah. And so and I have to say that Gabby Giffords thing you just said, it reminds me of what somebody, I believe her name is Lisa Trujillo said in our very first podcast about we're all in different boats, just sailing in the same direction. And yeah. if we do that, we can overcome the waves. If we can tether together. Yeah. And I was in the, you know, when you think about things in the shower. Yeah. On Wednesday morning, I was in the shower and I was like, the way we tether is that I have to make a conscious effort to make someone's fight my fight. Yeah. And educate them onto how my fight is their fight. Yep. Um, and that sounds exhausting because I think we're all pushing for, we're all pushing for the same things, but, but in ways doing advocacy or, or community work is exhaustive. And it's a, and, and re, the reality is, is how do we inspire people to push with us? Um, yeah. Yeah. So that it becomes collective, like a collective burden. Um, and I feel like Stacey Abrams did that. She inspired yep. a nation. Yep. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone can look at that and think, wow, going out and talking to the people next door about voting isn't important. Yeah. Oh, and playing the long game. The long, yeah. Because she, I, that's something I've been hearing a lot about lately is people talking about, yeah, and, you know, she ran for governor and she lost and then she did this. I was like, well, actually she did been doing this for 10 years yes. or more and trying to convince people to do it with her. And then along the way she ran for governor and lost and kept doing what she's always been doing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I can't wait to see what she does next. Same. I would love to see a network of, you know, the the new, the new Georgia projects around the country um, with her and the other women who did that. Someone quoted her. And I, I didn't hear it myself, but it was it's a quote that's floating that she says, I'm not an optimist or a pessimist. I'm determined. And I was like, oh, that's one we got to put in the pocket and carry forward. Oh, wow. Okay, so we should probably stop here because that was a good quote to end with. 
That was wonderful. Yay. Oh, I'm so glad we're back. We're and back. And we'll be back again in two weeks, right? Yes. And awesome. we will have a guest then. Um, do we want to talk about, do you want to give who, who inspires you? Who inspired you this week? Um, you know, I read an article about representatives from New Jersey. Um, first Asian American to represent something. It was a first, he, he has first in him. And one of his, uh, the other representatives walked out after all this stuff had happened and it was safe. They were going home and he walks out and he sees someone kneeling down, picking up trash with the police. And it's this representative. And he said to him, um, like, we've just had a horrible day. And he said something like, but this is something that has to get done. Uh, And that guy just doing those things that have to get done that may just be picking up trash. Yeah. Um, and not doing it because you want a headline or you need to make a big statement, but sometimes just doing the things. Yeah. How about you? Who inspires you this week? No. So I, I just want to say that like, you and all the other medical providers that have provided care this entire time because we're almost at a year and today the number of deaths in the United States is staggering. It was 371,000, which is like 171,000 above the projection that Fauci said would be the worst, which for he said it would have been 200,000. I I think that the people who've continued to show up um, and provide care we can't forget about them and and the teachers who have had been forced to go into the classroom and continue to teach children, even though children are super spreaders. Um, yeah, because many are asymptomatic and unaware. Um, I just think we can't forget this moment. Like it's so exciting to think there's a vaccine and that all of this could end and eventually we'll all be able to hug. But the reality is, is that we've survived a pandemic together Um, And there were people that kept those pieces going and people that kept people alive and kept kids um, engaged in their life and education. And so y'all inspire me. Thank you. I also, I really hope when we get to the end of this that we don't forget all the people. I mean, our world is so 24-7 now. Mm -hmm. um, And we can, so, I mean, just... When I look at, like, the same kids working in the grocery store, and I say kids because they're younger than I am, not because they're necessarily kids, yeah. who work, who I see at the grocery store the entire time, working at the cash registers, stocking shelves, mm-hmm. um, the, the same um, man and woman who work at the gas station near my house all the time, just remembering the value these people have mm-hmm. to keeping things going, and that that we don't let ourselves slip back into thinking anything about, you know, making judgments about what someone's work is and, and 
and what they produce is what's important. And it really is just there are people who just show up and they keep the world working and we need to respect them. Yeah. And I hope we don't forget that. Yeah. Um, Amen to that. Yeah. 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 There was a couple times during the Christmas rush that like we were on like the last of, you know, I don't know, I couldn't find toilet paper again or something. And I had to run into a Target and there were so many people working right? Like to keep the Christmas rush spirit, whatever you want to call it, uh, going. And I just thought about them. And I was like, I hope that these people continue to stay safe in some sort of way. Um, because we're impacting them by being crowded in here and not ordering for pickup. Right. Because we feel we didn't, we didn't have time to, um, me guilty of that too. So, um, yeah. yeah. No, and I think about the people I work with, like my medical assistants, our front desk staff, mm-hmm. um, the cleaning people um, who are there. They would love to not be. They can't afford not to be. Yeah. Um, they can't afford to be there. They can't afford not to be there. They're juggling their kids. They're juggling phone calls to them, telling them their kids aren't doing well enough in school, and yet they still are there. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I, I don't know, I've told my medical assistants a number of times this, I am just so impressed because it is, it, it's, uh, I know what a hard time they're having. Yeah. Um, and we will, we cannot forget this. We can't let the Democratic Party forget this either in the long run. No. Um, that really what we're fighting for is not to not to be an elite educated party, but to be one that helps every single person and the, and that the party has lost its way on that a lot of times yeah. and that we need to keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to look at what we've seen us fail at in the pandemic yeah. and yep. find ways to, to find solution. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So in case anyone from the right wing got lost on this podcast, that was our statements that even though they are the politicians representing a party that we voted for, we still are going to keep them accountable. Yes, we have to. Yes. Yeah. I am not going to give someone a pass just because they have a D after their name. And I'm not going to come down on someone. Okay, never mind. I'm not going to give someone a pass just because they have a D. <laughs> we'll figure out the conservatism in <laughs> in oh. how we in how we judge that. Yes. All right. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yay! Happy season two. Happy Have season two. Bye. Bye.